Well, I'm good. Try again. Okay. Wow. We praise God that each and one of you are here this morning. I guess we're uh, bound to be going to come to worship God because the devil's trying to get our attention through our sound system, making some real weird noises this morning. I've always said if the devil can't get anywhere else, he gets in through sound, causes problems. It's not the people that's running it, it's the devil that's getting there, I guarantee you it is. So we just ask you to be in prayer for them. This morning we welcome each and every one of you here this day. I pray that God has already blessed you through Sunday school. You've enjoyed that time with the Lord and with those that believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I would say... Welcome to our guests. We thank you for being here. There's a little slip of paper in the pew right in front of you. Please fill that out for us. We're not going to bug you to death, but we sure would like to have a record of you being here and uh, so that we can acknowledge that. This morning we will continue our study of Saul of Tarsus. I ask you to be in prayer for us. We will bring him up today to the point of starting his first missionary journey, which we'll start that next Sunday. But we've got to get him there before we can start it. So we had asked you to be in, please be in prayer for us as we do that. So at this time, I'd like to call you to prayer. One special request that I would ask you have is for our brother, Brother Mike, is dealing with cancer, a very difficult situation with his kidneys. I would ask you to be in prayer for him. He and his lovely wife, Ashley, are very, are very, very active in working with our children in our nursery and driving our buses and all that band. So please, he didn't, he, he didn't ask me to do this. I'm just bringing this before the church. Would you please, please be in prayer that your doctors will have wisdom and that God will just intervene. Will you stand with me as we pray? Lord God, we do thank you and we praise your name that this very day we can come before you and say thank you, Lord, for blessing in such a mighty way. Thank you, Lord God, that you're the great physician and then you will intercede on those that are sick and those that are ill. And you'll bless them. Now, Father, as we study the word in just a moment, I ask you to bless. Would you bless Brother Harold and the choir as they lead us in praise and worship that it'll bring honor and glory to you in all that we do. And we commit this time to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Brother Herbert? 
Remain standing, please. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is faithful. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not, as thou hast been, thy forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see, and Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies of thee, all I have need is thy hand hath provided, great is thy have need his hand provided a week ago yesterday was uh, the celebration of the life of uh, Mildred Mills I thought about her a lot this week and this this song heaven came down that was her favorite song sometime last year I picked that during the week to sing the following Sunday and I didn't know she was going to be here but the Lord did the Lord knew she was going to be here. She sat right over here on the end. While we were singing that, 
I looked over there, and she was clapping, her hands not, fingers not too straight, but she was clapping and singing that song and the biggest smile on her face. I've always had that picture in my mind, her singing that song, that big smile on her face. So let's sing that this time. Heaven came down, and we remember that time that we accepted Christ as our Savior. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I've wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I'm darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to spirit with life from above into God's family divine justified fully through Calvary love oh what a standing is mine after the transition grow quickly was made when as a sinner I came took of the offer my grace did offer he saved me oh praise his dear name Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul now I have hope that will surely endure after the passing of time I have a future in heaven for sure there in those mansions sublime now it's a wonderful day when at the cross I believe riches eternal and blessings eternal from the precious hand I receive heaven came down and glory filled my soul then at the cross the Savior made me whole my sins were washed away and my night was turned to glory filled my soul. Amen. Okay, a few Sundays evening we practice this song. This is a new one. His mercy is more. Our sins are many, but his mercy is more. 
What love could remember the wrongs I have done? Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their son. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. A little bit slower. What patience would wait as we constantly roam? What father so tender is calling us home? He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. With riches of kindness, He lavished on us. His blood was the payment, his life was the cost. He stood neath the death he could never report. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, New every morn, our sins they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins they are many, his mercy is more. How true. In Christ alone. Let's stand on this, this song. You see him? There's four verses. Ask the ushers to come forward on the fourth verse. And please stand there until the choir comes down before you start receiving the offering. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fierce doubt and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand, in Christ alone. 
who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, the gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. There in the ground his body lay. Light of the world by darkness that bursting forth, being forth in glorious day. Up from the grave he rose again, and there he stands in victory. blood of Christ. Now guilt of life nor fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From night's first cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no shame of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. As we worship God by giving into him, giving unto him his tithes and our love offerings. Will you join with me as we pray? Father, we do praise you. We love you so much. Father, we pray that you'll forgive us for all of our sins. That we'll be willing to admit and confess them to you. Now take this offering, these tithes, you bless them. And Father, use it to further your kingdom at home and around the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.
going to tell you a little bit about the song I'm going to sing today. It was written for a sad situation, but it was such a beautiful song that it, it touched my heart. The song was written by Don Moen, in a like I said, in a tragic situation. His uh, sister-in-law and her family were heading to Colorado, the, the husband and wife and four sons. On the way there, they were broadsided by a semi. Their three sons were tragically, I mean, were injured severely, but one died at the scene. And Don, when he heard the news, he didn't know what to say. And it is, you know, I'm sorry seems so inadequate when those situations happen. And he was on the plane going to the funeral, and he opened his Bible to study, and he got the message God needed him to know. In Isaiah 43, God will make a way. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each
Okay, kiddos, I think they're getting ready to gather back there for children's church. Well, we started a couple of three Sundays ago with our study of Saul of Tarsus, the religious terrorist that became the holy evangelist, an apostle. The first account we have of Saul is when he witnessed Stephen's death and stoning. At that point in time, he decided that he was going to become a persecutor of the Christians because he so believed in the Judaism and in the tradition of his forefathers. And then we find Saul making a little trip called down the road of Damascus. And on that trip, God approached him got his attention, brought him to his knees, brought him prostrate on the ground. And Saul said, Lord, what do you want of me? And we know that God did a great work in Saul's life at that time, even to the point of giving him instructions to go into town so that he might receive his sight and follow the Lord in scriptural baptism upon his public profession of faith unto Ananias. But then we find at that time, Saul started sharing the word powerfully. Started preaching the gospel. And he made a comment that I've not learned this from man, but God has taught me. I'm sharing what God has laid on my heart. And we know that he went in Arabia and then back to Damascus. And from Damascus he decided that it was time for him to go to Jerusalem and as many young Christians, he went in full of vim, vigor, vitality, and ready to storm hell with a water gun. But those that were there knew of his past and were frightened of him and scared of him and wouldn't have anything to do with him. And then we find one of the apostles by the name of Barnabas that stepped up and took him before the rest of the apostles and introduced him and says, Listen, I've heard him preach and he's preaching the word. He preached it powerfully in Damascus. People come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior there. And Barnabas stood up for him and introduced him. And as Saul started preaching in Jerusalem again, folks got upset. And they decided 
that they wanted to kill him. In chapter 11, verse 25, I'm sorry, chapter 9, verse 24, they set a plot to kill him. And the believers, the apostles, they slipped Paul or Saul away and put him on a ship and sent him to Tarsus, which he stayed for somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 14 years, we're not sure. And during that time, the work started in Antioch, and that's where I'd like for us to pick up today. In chapter 11, verses 25 and following, we're going to kind of try to do a little covering of a little ground here this morning. We find that Paul, Saul, is still in Tarsus. And the work in Antioch is growing and Barnabas is there. And it says in verse 25 of chapter 11, And then Barnabas departed from Tarsus to seek out Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, so that it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Well, we find a couple of things just in these two verses. First of all, the work had started really growing in Antioch. Barnabas had been there with some of the apostles and they were preaching the word and it was growing and growing and people were really getting saved and and Barnabas says, "I, I need to go get some help. So he took off and he went to Tarsus where he knew Saul was and he persuaded Saul. He said, Saul, come back with me and let's go back to Antioch. And as they made the journey, I'm sure they didn't just go along. I'm sure they preached in their in their ministry as they were going. But when they got back to Antioch, it says that for a year they preached the word and the church flourished and grew and and people come to know Jesus. Folks, there is nothing that replaces the preaching, teaching of the word of God. I don't care who the evangelist is, who the preacher is. I don't care how how young, how educated, how uneducated, how anything else There is nothing that takes the place of preaching the Word of God. Absolutely nothing. We can can tell all types of, of funny stories. We can give all types of personal experiences. But nothing takes the place of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when Saul got back to Antioch, He preached with all the vim, vigor, and vitality and leadership of God the Holy Spirit that could possibly be done. The presence in Saul when he was sharing the word was the presence that should be in every one of us, whether we're preachers or not, through the power of God the Holy Spirit, that when people look at you, they see God, not you. 
when they look at you, they see the appearances of God, not our attitudes and our thoughts and our likes and dislikes of ourselves. Here we find as Saul and Barnabas were there, it says, and the disciples for the very first time, according to Scripture, were called Christians. A name that has stayed forever. A name that took place. Why? Because the Word of God was being taught. It was all about Jesus. Today, we need to be all about Jesus. In everything we do, we need to be about Jesus as we go forward. We find then after their teaching there in Antioch, in chapter 11, verses 27 and 30, it says that the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. What relief did they send? There was a vision by Agrippus that there was going to be a great famine. And in that great famine, they needed to help their brethren. And they came together. I, you know, I wonder, I wonder if, if someone in our church stood up and said, God's revealed to me that there's going to be a great problem. And the biggest church in town is going to have a problem. Now that's what it said. In Jerusalem, the biggest church in the country, the biggest religious center in the whole world. And they're going to have a famine and they're going to need help. And here was the little church in Antioch that was flourishing, yes, growing. It says all the apostles along with the church took up a love offering to go help the big church. They gave it to Barnabas, and they gave it to Saul. And they said, y'all just hop right on down to Jerusalem, and you present this to the elders there in the church, and tell them not only are we praying for them, but here this will help them through this time of fast. So they also did and sent to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. The love gift, that which they had been explained to through a vision. Was it all down in writing? Was there, <laughs> was there economical proof? No. Man of God says, this is what God told me. And they were so full of God the Holy Spirit and so caught up in serving the Lord that they literally completely took up a love offering and sent it to them in Jerusalem. 
Well, they, Barnabas and Paul were there in Jerusalem for a very short time. And then we look down in verse 25 of chapter 12, if you would, please. And it says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, and when they had fulfilled their ministry, they also took them with, took with them John, whose surname was Mark. And now in the church that was at Antioch, there was a certain prophet, a teacher, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Nigra, Lucius of Cyrus, who had been brought up and Herod the turrets and Saul. And as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. And then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. They came back to Antioch. They came back to where the gospel was being preached. And in doing so, fulfilling what God had led them to do, we find God spoke to them again through the Holy Spirit and says, I've got more for them to do. I've got another place for them to serve. And it says, And when they had fasted, prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. How important. How important is prayer? I asked some, some of the gentlemen this morning, if you were going to describe our church, how would you, how would you describe our church in, a, in two or three sentences? And without exception, those that answered me said, a praying church. A praying church. Yes, I agree. We are a praying church, very much so. But I wonder sometimes how much do we hear, how much do we listen to God when we pray? Or do we just kind of say, okay, we have done our thing. We've, we have voiced our prayer. Now then, let's go do what we want to do. Here we find they voiced their prayers and they listened to to God the Holy Spirit, and then they responded by fasting and praying and laying on of hands as God directed them. It's important that we do what God says. I look at the church in Antioch, and they were growing, flourishing. They could have been real easy for them to say, well, look what we're accomplishing. Look how great we are. We're just growing like nobody's been. We just got through sending an offering down to, to the big church in Jerusalem. Man, look how great we are. No, we don't find the apostles doing that. We find them on their face before God, praying and saying, Lord God, show us your will, show us your way. And when God did, we find them humbling their hearts, fasting, praying, and then being obedient. Then being obedient. Send them out. Send them out. And we know that they sent 
Barnabas and Saul to preach the word in Cyprus. This was not their first missionary journey. They just set about to preach. Chapter 13, chapter, verse 4 and following. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to, here we go, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island of Phaphius, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the protocol, an intelligent man, this man called by Barnabas, called for Barnabas, and Saul, and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimeth, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, your enemy of righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight way of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately the dark mist fell upon him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. And then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teachings of the Lord. Saul, confronted by the devil, by a sorcerer, by a witch doctor, by a whatever you want to call it, magician of that day. And Saul didn't back down an ounce. You want to know why? It wasn't because Saul was a great man. It wasn't, so, it wasn't because Saul was so knowledgeable and everything. It was because he was full of God the Holy Spirit. He was led by God the Holy Spirit. As they went down and through these towns, they faced this sorcerer. And it says, and he looked at him intently. I think he was saying he looked him straight in the eye. The Word of God tells us that through the eyes you can see the heart, the intent of the heart. Saul looked him straight in the eyes and he says, Oh, you devil. You're the devil. You're a false teacher. You're telling things that's not true. And then in verse 9, 
you need to catch this. Then Saul, who also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently into his eyes. When did Saul change his name to Paul? Was it at his conversion on the road to Damascus? Was it when he got saved and Ananias was there? When did he go from Saul to Paul? The word says, Saul, which was also known as Paul. Saul was his Jewish name. He was named after King Saul. His name was Saul of Tarsus. Paul was his Greek name because if you remember the Bible says he was a citizen of Greece. His Greek name was most likely, and we don't know this for sure, was Apollos. When he was dealing with the Jews, he went by his Jewish name because they affiliated with that. When he was dealing with the Gentiles, he went by his Gentile name or Greek name, Paul. So he never changed his name. His name, as a Jew, was Saul. His name as a citizen of Rome was Paul. So we find that it's very important as to how we respond to the folks we're dealing with. How do we go about it? And how do we relate to them? Saul related to the Jews as a Jew. Paul related to the Romans, the Gentiles, as a Roman citizen. Through his name. And we find here that Saul stood up, looked him in the eye, said that he's full of deceit, said that he's an enemy of righteousness, and will not cease perverting the straight way of the Lord. And now he says to him, the, Lord, the hand of the Lord is upon you. Folks, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very, very simple-minded, and I think about whenever Paul looked at him and says, look, God's going to get you. And that's what he said. The hand of the Lord's upon you. And because of that, because of your sin, because of how you're acting, because of what you're doing, God's going to get you. The hand of the Lord is upon you. And he said, 
And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately the dark mist fell upon him and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Folks, when God... When God gets a hold of you, you better get ready. I pray that God gets a hold of you through God the Holy Spirit because of how you're seeking His face and not through the wrath of God. The wrath of God can be very, very bad. And did the protocol believe when he had saw what had been done and being astonished at the teaching of the word of the Lord? He's being taught the Word. It's time for us as Christians to realize we need to see where we're walking. Are we, are we walking through the leadership and the power of God the Holy Spirit? Or are we walking through our own self-righteousness? our own desire, our own thoughts. We're all guilty from time to time. But the difference is, is whenever we're willing to say, Lord God, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. And this sorcerer was not there. And he had to pay the consequences of what took place. We know that sometime later, Barnabas and Saul went back to Jerusalem for a short spell. And Barnabas and Paul preached the gospel. And then they went back to Antioch again and went from there on their first missionary journey. All the prep for this first missionary journey. We've looked, we're looking now at uh, about 14, maybe 15 years since Paul's experience on the road to Damascus. Somewhere around 15 years that God has prepared them Spiritually, mentally, and I believe even physically to make their missionary journey their very first one. We're going to look at that in the coming ways. But I think it's important that we realize what God had to do in their lives before he sent them on their first missionary journey. Oh yeah, they saw a church flourish and grow. They saw people get saved. They even stood against the devil himself through the sorcerer. They saw a church reach out to another church and, and give them help. They even saw persecution, Saul did, of him as he preached the gospel. God prepared them. God prepared them. We need to get prepared. 
We need to be walking with God. Through it all, in all the verses, it says they prayed. They walked through the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. They listened to God the Holy Spirit. They fasted. They did everything they could possibly accomplish in getting with God. And folks, when you get with God, that's what's going to show. That's what's going to come out. That's what's going to touch people's lives. I had a, I had a, a gentleman many, many years ago. I was working in the First National Bank in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I know those folks that know me now can't believe what I'm getting ready to say, but I was actually installing the first computer system in the First National Bank in Lubbock, Texas, and working on that. I, I'm totally illiterate as far as computers now. But my boss used to say, if I heard it once, I heard it a hundred times or more. Back when you put garbage in, you get garbage out. Folks, as Christians, when you don't put God the Holy Spirit in and the Holy Spirit of diver, or, and the Holy Spirit works through the power of the gospel in you, you're going to be putting garbage in and you're going to get garbage out. And that's what the world's going to see. We as God's people need to be feeding upon the Word of God and being led by God the Holy Spirit in every area of our life, whether it's at home, at school, at play, at work, regardless of where it is, who we're dealing with, it doesn't matter. They need to see the power of God the Holy Spirit through us to them. If they don't, why in the world? Would they want to know Jesus as Lord and Savior? I wish I could say that not only then, but even now, I never put garbage in. But every once in a while, garbage comes out. And the only reason it does is because you put it in. So I challenge you. I challenge us right here at Monterey Baptist Church. I challenge you as teachers, as witnesses, as Christians, as born-again believers in Christ. I challenge you. Dump the garbage and let God the Holy Spirit be the filter in your life. So that the power and the presence of Jesus will show as it did through Saul and Barnabas as they worked in the churches. So as we go forward right here at Montanay Baptist Church, when people walk in here, they don't see us. They see the presence of God the Holy Spirit. They don't hear the garbage coming from loose tongues and ideas, but they see the power of God the Holy Spirit. They don't see the ideologies of the world, but they see the leadership and the vision of 
with God. And folks, that's what we need. That's what I need. That's what you need. We need to come to the point, even as Saul and Barnabas did, to get ready to carry out what God had planned for them. Folks, we need to get ready for what God has planned for us. I don't know where you are in your life. Praise God. <laughs> I got more to answer for with my life than I can do with all of yours. But I do know that if you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, if you truly know Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you're not just going through the motions, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has a plan for you. And I pray, since you're here, that plan involves what He has for you to do right here at Montney Baptist Church. It's between you and you, and you, and you, and God. Are you willing to say, okay, God, show me through God the Holy Spirit what you'd have me do? Prepare me for the mission that you have set before me, just as you did. Paul and Barnabas. Are you willing to pray that prayer and truly mean it? Lord God, I thank you and I praise your name that you bless us in such a very special way. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth there is in it. I thank you, Father, that through your word we can stand against the devil we could stand against anything and everything that the devil would throw at us into our lives, into our thoughts, into our everyday being. So Lord God, right today, I pray that you'll start with me. You'll cleanse me. You'll clean me up. You'll forgive me of anything in any way that I have failed you. Any way that I have failed your church. Oh God, have your way in my life. And I pray that it will go from there to every born-again believer in this church. And I'll thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us? This morning, if you need to join the church, you come on. If you need to get saved, come on. Whatever it is, you know what God wants you to do. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. It's up to God. What would you do today? Brother Harold. Come just as you are. Hear the Spirit call. Come on, Lord. Come just as you are. Come and see. Come receive, come and live forever, come just as you are, hear the 
for just a couple of moments. We've got a couple of announcements we need to make this morning. And I'll do to the, the Lord deciding we needed to have a snowstorm. We need to make some real quick announcements. Uh, first of all, we need to give a great big thank you and applaud Brother Don Evans. He spent three or four hours out here on a tractor cleaning off the parking lot. Thank you, Brother Don, so much. Miss um, <laughs> Laura, you have an announcement to make. And it's about choir. <laughs> we are gearing up for our Easter cantata. Easter is on April 9th this year. Um, we are singing a cantata called Love Lifted Up. Um, our first rehearsal, I believe on the slide, it says the 26th at 4.30, but I changed my mind. <laughs> it's at 4 o'clock. So the 26th at 4 o'clock. We have the books and CDs ready. Um, I wanted to get them to you, those of you that want to sing with us as soon as possible, because Matthew and I will be away the next two Sundays, and then bam, it's time for practice. So even if you haven't signed up yet, come see me up here after service so I can give you a book and CD, and you can get started whenever you're ready. Hey, Lord, hand that over to Brother Bill right quick. As uh, Mac said in his in the message about this church being called, referred to as a praying church, men, this afternoon at 5.15, the men's prayer fellowship will meet back in this back room at the end of the hallway. Be a man of prayer and come and join us Amen. in our time of prayer. And speaking of men... Starting in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a men's study on Tuesday nights at nine at uh, six thirty. It is called "Man, the Man and His Word." Study is authored by some famous pastor that we all probably have heard of, Adrian Rogers. So I want you to invite you to join uh, to. Put your name on the list, and so we can get things ready to go. Thank you, Bill. 
Hand that over to Miss Cherry right quick. Ladies, we've got Bible study as well. For some of you who don't like to drive at night, you have an option on Tuesday evening when the men are meeting, the women will be meeting also so you could go with your husband. Or we have a Thursday afternoon Bible study for those who don't have husbands to drive them but would like to come before it gets too dark. We also have a a, um, Wednesday night Bible study. So we've got lots of options for you. It's called Fierce. Uh, We want to become fierce women of God. There is more information on it on our table. Be sure and look at that. Sign up so we'll know how many books to get. And then help us to know uh, what you're interested in and what days you want to be here. Also, there is a calendar there. Be sure and pick that up so you know what our coming events will be. Okay, hand that to Harold now. Brother Harold. Yeah, the day after tomorrow, that's February the 7th at 1130 over at the Family Life Center, GBS, Glory Bound Seniors and Seniors in Training. We are having our first covered dish luncheon. So be there. We're going to have lots of fun, fellowship, good food. There's always good food and desserts, as long as it's chocolate. And uh, (laughs) there's a sign-up sheet back there on the table, GBS table back there in the hall. Please sign up. We want to know how many is going to be there. Last but not least, hand that to Big Ben. Thank you. Men, this coming Saturday, our men's prayer breakfast, we have a sign-up sheet back there now. We haven't had it, but it just come out today. Please get your name on that so Brother Jack knows how much to buy and, and fix up for us. Uh, 8 o'clock a.m., I have a good friend of mine going to be bringing our devotion to us. Uh, his name is Brother Ron Fields. Uh, for you that do know him, you, you know what kind of a treat you're in for. So, uh, But uh, plan on coming, please. Thank you, Brother Ben. We want to praise God for Brother Freddie having a successful surgery as they added a, a lead to his pacemaker. And I've, I've, I've assured him along with the doctor, you will feel better in time. <laughs> But it, uh, we praise God that it was very successful and all, no problems as such. Also, Samantha's sister, Gail, she had surgery in the morning, went home in that afternoon. Is that right? A day later. Had a day in there, okay? Had a day in there. But she's got to go home already, and we praise God for that. Any others? Anywhere? I missed it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You're a mighty fine lady is all I can say. Would you stand with us, please? Lord God, we praise you. We thank you. Father, that you'll continue to move in our midst. You'll continue to give us direction. Continue to use us 
to grow your kingdom. Our Father, forgive us where we fail you so many times. And I pray at this time that you will bless each and every one as they leave this place and bring them back safely. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.